0: Welcome to Burn by the Firewall, an OccamSec podcast. Today, we have a special guest, Erin Mertha, who's the COO of OccamSec. Hi, Erin. How are you today?
1: Hi, Gavin. Thank you for having me.
0: So we have an icebreaker question, right? Just to get us going, what is your favorite piece of childhood tech? But you don't know what it is, or do you? What?
1: Yeah, I- <laughs> it, uh, it was, do you remember those the big white macintosh computers
0: i remember yes. many white I, macintoshes
1: hey that's the question i had for you did you have america online
0: yes oh yeah yes in the uk we had america online and it was on a 56k modem and it was slow as hell <laughs> in fact you know what i would i would go and make a cup of tea as the emails came in <laughs>
2: 56k that's that's like that was like the super highway i used to have what 14.4 that was like
0: yes <laughs> now before that we had two cans and a piece of string yep <laughs> but yeah big Macintoshes. so i my first Macintosh was a, an lc2 if you remember oh, that it was like a like a weird yeah. flat thing with a floppy drive on the front and then the monitor sat on top
1: oh yeah yeah yep so Orange what was trail.
0: So was that your favorite, favorite piece of childhood tech?
1: It pro- yeah, it was. That and connecting to the internet to me was just, it was just, wow. It was amazing. Always like listening to the sound from the phone line and, and then everyone was <laughs> connected and then he thought mail.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it crashes. Oh no. The <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> yeah. Daisy wheel printers.
2: <laughs> oh, those were the worst. The dot matrix. Oh man. Yeah.
0: So it might be for your time, Aaron. But. <laughs> Green computer screen and a very noisy printer that didn't do much.
2: Uh. Hey, Aaron, we're really excited to have you join the show today. We have a topic on deck for all of our listeners that I think is is near and dear to, to our hearts. And you know, excited to get your opinions on it. And that topic is, you know, women in cybersecurity, and I guess more broadly, women in IT. I think when you peel back the layers, there's all sorts of data that talks about you know, the disparity between men and women in IT and more specifically, cybersecurity. But before we kind of dive into some of your more specific thoughts around that, just maybe you could tell our listeners you know how you got started in IT and a little bit about your journey that led you to become, you know, again, the chief operating officer of a cybersecurity company.
1: Uh, well, sure. Essentially, I fell into IT. I had been studying international politics and had, a round of interviews with IBM to begin there. They were recruiting me. And at the end of those rounds of interviews, they thought my my thinking was very analytical. So they had me start in their business intelligence sector, which was really interesting. I loved it and I just stayed with it. And so from there, it just sort of evolved. And then obviously Christian Kimball, who you guys know, him and I went to college together not, not so long ago, and uh, <laughs> and so he was telling me about Aquamsec, which sounded really exciting. Mark and I met, and we were in touch for a couple of years, actually, and then it, just, it, it became time for me to do the transition. It was something that I had been wanting to do. I wanted different challenges and to learn something new, and I moved from Washington, D.C., where I was working for the government, and came to New
0: York. Fantastic! That's a great. Sounds like a great journey. Um, do you miss politics now, or <laughs> was it no. a very exciting time in politics right now?
1: Not now. Exactly.
0: <laughs> we no, won't we're go into that though. <laughs> you
2: left. You left Washington in politics to to head into the epicenter of the uh, the situation that we've been in for 2020. So it's an interesting juxtaposition. You know, Aaron. I, I, as we dive into some of the data, as I dive, you know, dove into some of the data in preparation for our, our time together. Over the last maybe seven or eight years, there's been a very big growth in in women in IT and women in cybersecurity. Being at OccamSec now for how, how many years have you been there?
1: I've been here now for I think about four years.
2: In in that time, I'm just curious, like what things have you seen or, or changes have you seen in Number one, in, in OccamSec, but also maybe in the, the different companies that OccamSec is doing business with. I mean, are you seeing a, an influx of, of women that you're interacting with? And uh, maybe you could talk about that for a few minutes.
1: Well, obviously, since I've started OccamSec, we've grown. And so that's been really exciting to see. And, and not just grown numbers wise, but just professionally, I've seen so much growth within everybody. So that's a really fun thing to watch. And then with our with our clients as well. I it's speaking to the you know women and more women, I definitely have been to more client meetings where more women are coming to the table and offering their views. And that's always it's nice to see. It's it's a good thing to see. And then within Occamsec ourselves, we have been very proactive in encouraging diversity in the workforce. We have Offered women apprenticeships. And there's lots of cybersecurity groups, networking groups for women. And I've gone to many of those meetings. And it's nice to see all that support there. And Devin, you and I have talked a little bit, you have gone to the OWASP Suffolk meetings for there. it's another, you know, for women in cybersecurity. You've seen it yourself that to change the, the diversity issue.
0: Yeah, I mean, over the last five years, I've seen a massive increase in, in women in cyber. Um, it's OWASP London. The first meeting I went to, there's probably 20 guys in a room with beers and pizza. So what's going on now where we have like a far larger number of women attending the events and and actually having their own groups and events as well. So there's now OWASP We Are, which is the women in AppSec, which um, again, you know, it's just showing the strengthening kind of gender equality or, you know, presence, which is, I think it's adding a lot more to the talent pool, to be honest.
1: I, I think so too. I mean, and it's it's not just the talent pool either. It's the difference in perspectives, uh, leadership, all kinds of different experiences. And if you think about it, cybersecurity specifically with women working there, think about who the bad guys are out there. There's all, there are all different kinds of backgrounds. So the more variety that we have with the good guys defending our networks, the more success we're going to have. So at the end of the day, I would say that diversity means better business.
2: Aaron, I think the the market would agree too, because based on the data that I found before the show here, uh, the VP or the curator of RSA had reported that in 2019, 46% 46% of the keynote speakers at RSA were, were women. And so again, that diversity in thought and the diversity in leadership, I think is starting to be uh, kind of recognized and showcased not just by individual leaders across the country, but at the larger spectrums and the larger places where you have these gatherings of IT professionals. So those are all great signs in, in my opinion that you know, that diversity of thought to your point is good business.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, And it's it's good to see that. It's good to see that increase in awareness. I think people tend to promote and hire people that are just like them, which makes sense. You know, somebody else who's familiar to you, you can relate to them. But then therein lies the issue as well. So the more that we're able to hire diversity, the you know, the change will happen. I mean, it's already happening to your point. Um, slowly but surely. And I think that's just because the awareness is there, perceptions are changing, and women are being more encouraged to enter the industry and support it too, which is crucial.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think for our listeners out there, if you're interested, to Aaron's point, people who are similar will tend to hire similarly in some cases. In other cases, they will, again, try to cast a wider net. And when you're looking at the market right now, if you're interested to know, uh, there are a handful of companies, Fortune 100 companies with female CISOs. Uh, Xerox is one of those companies, Oracle, uh, Verizon, United Airlines, FedEx, public supermarkets, Pepsi Company. And if I'm not mistaken, Johnson and Johnson all have uh, female CISOs in place. So if you're out there and you're interested in looking for you know opportunities, those may be good companies to, to start to look at because they're already exhibiting those, those types of traits, right? In their hiring practices.
0: So, I mean, Erin, what, what kind of advice would you have for for women who are now looking to get into cybersecurity, maybe more like the educational level who are looking to, 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 to take a career in IT and security?
1: Well, there's so, there are so many tech courses for one that are offering free training and courses right now, especially in the time of the pandemic when, we're all glued to our laptops. And then of course, there are all those groups. There's Women in Cybersecurity in, on LinkedIn. I'm involved with several uh, groups for Women in Cybersecurity. There's the Women in Technology International and lots of conferences. And especially now more than ever, there are all these virtual meetup groups. So I would say that would be my biggest advice is just network, build your network, find mentors. I think you'll find that having support is probably the most crucial important thing in your career because it will parlay into other into other characteristics that you may develop professionally. So don't be intimidated. Be confident. Learn as much as you can and just always be looking for opportunities. That that would be my advice.
0: That's fantastic advice. And I think also we should, um, I mean, if possible we can actually put post some of the links to those, those, uh, groups on, the uh, on the actual podcast page. And, uh, so people can have a look for themselves.
2: Aaron, in addition to that, I'm curious, you mentioned something that I think is near and dear to, to my heart. And I think it's important for a lot of professionals to have this and that is, you know, having a mentor especially in this industry, someone that, that has more experience than you, someone that's been there before and can kind of guide you? You don't have to share that individual's name, but maybe you can talk about how you found your mentor and, and maybe what they've done to help shape your your career and just you as a, as a professional in general.
1: That's a really good question. So I, I would say that I, yes, I, I have had mentors that I, I've been able to bounce ideas off of or decisions that I've made and getting feedback from them and how I'm approaching situations. And it's just been valuable to get their feedback. And also just starting somewhere, no matter where you are, there's so many things to learn and a culture to adapt to and to understand and you know, it's a different work environment in which you would be used to begin with. So guiding me through that, I've had lots of support within OccamSec itself. So, I mean, and it goes to say that if women supporting women, I think is crucial. I, I think it's great. I, you're seeing more of it. We need that. But there's also lots of men who are supporting women and we need that too. So at the end of the day, I think it's people supporting people. We have to realize that diversity is important for many, many reasons, that it is a problem and that the solution is, one, the awareness that I think we already have, the perceptions that people may have with different types of people or or backgrounds of people. And I think that's changing also. As a woman, in some meetings, there have been times where either I was talked over or not really listened to. And I know that's, that's been similar experience to other women in the IT arena. And, I, and, I, and there's always gonna be those people. There's always gonna be the people that, are, oh, thank you, sweetheart. But I, I think that's changing. I think you see less and less of that. I see less and less of that. And that's a really, it's a good feeling. And I feel we're just gonna keep moving in that direction.
0: I definitely think there's a, a positive step towards better manners in general. I mean, you're always going to get guys who talk over other guys as well, just because they're that kind of guy. But yeah, I think being kind of condescending and patronizing to people, as, especially as a woman, as you've said, you know, that's kind of become very unacceptable now, which is, which is good to see. And it's interesting because uh, people supporting people. I mean, my, my first role as a security engineer, my mentor was a woman. So, you know, I actually learned more. And so for me, it was automatic that, you know, I would look up to this person. They had technical skills well beyond mine. So, you know, and I just sat there and learned, which is, which is fantastic.
1: I am curious, Mike and Davin, um, have you seen anything in your careers in cybersecurity where maybe a woman, um, where there was a different attitude towards a woman in the meeting you were in?
0: Um, to be honest, not in a meeting, but what I do notice that there seems to be quite a lot of trolling on social media for women in cybersecurity, which is weird, right? So on one side you have a an amazing positive um, balance where you know, as I say, as I mentioned the uh, women in AppSec and all this stuff like that, but then the flip side, there still seems to be when when people are hidden behind the the cloak of social media, they they feel okay to call out a, a woman who's doing some. Some uh, I don't know code reviews or whatever they're talking about. Whereas you know, if that had actually been face to face, that probably never would have happened. So I, I see that, and I think that's a real shame.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think I see that in in general with with women, not just women in cybersecurity, but speaking specifically to my experiences in, in, in meetings and and work with different clients, I I haven't seen anything blatantly. Necessarily, that would be you know discriminatory or um, inappropriate per se, but I definitely have seen instances where women are are challenged a lot harder for their perspectives or their opinions um, or their directives, if you will um, than I would say I have seen with the male counterparts within the industry in my experiences, so i can't pinpoint anything specific, but it's there's definitely like this this mist in the air that you can't quite put your finger on, but it, oftentimes it's it's there.
1: Do you think men and women, in your experience, do you think men and women approach problems differently? I
0: think <laughs> so. I think it's an interesting question because if you answer that yes, then you're you're kind of specifying a difference between men and women. But at the same time, I think the answer probably is yes. Um, I have read some interesting uh, literature and books um, by women in cybersecurity uh, basically saying that women have a slightly different attitude towards risk and therefore they have a a different view on, on handling risk within an organization. So I'm going to say yes, but I'm not going to justify it in any way.
2: And and Devin, I'd agree on a surface level. I think, I think there are differences in in how everyone thinks. And I think this goes back to the, one of the first segments, Aaron, and your point of, you know, hiring women into organizations for difference of thought. It's not that they're different in a bad way. It's different in a good way and, and variety and casting a wider net of thought across different issues and different problems. I think often will give you the best solution if you call, you know, collaborate and cooperate all that different perspective and data and information. So I do think at a surface level that, that, in some instances, in some cases, women do think differently than men, and I don't think that's a bad thing at all.
1: I don't either, and I, I agree with that, too, and I've had the, that's how I felt sometimes, too, in, in conversations and, and meetings, um, and I think that also just gets back to the point of why diversity is so important. I mean, we definitely focus on we need to be more diverse, but it's also important to realize why that we need to be diverse. It's not just because we need to bump up the percentage. It's not because it's right versus wrong or men versus women. It's just to your point what you're just describing, there is a difference in perspectives. There is a difference with leadership and experience, and that's all good. That's what you want because then you all grow, you're all challenged, and I think that just leads to better outcomes.
0: Absolutely, I agree. I mean, I also think you know, it's the same conversation around, around race and around culture. You know, people from different races and cultures may have different views and attitudes, as well as the, you know, men and women. So, an inclusion of these is generally a positive thing. You know, diversity actually does does create more more creative thought and make more creative answers to problems.
1: It goes back to just you know people supporting people, and especially in our industry where you have to think about who the bad guys are. You know, how, who are you defending these networks against? And the more the more diversity you have with different experiences from, you know, from people, the better you are at defending those, at defending those networks. So, I mean, we'll be more successful with more diversity.
2: Yeah. I think it's interesting that, you know, what's happening, not just in it, but I think if you look at multiple industries and multiple, sadly, countries across the world right now, what's happening in it is just a microcosm for that, right? It's, you know, people are struggling to be inclusive, but it, it's slowly getting to that point. And to to everyone's kind of sentiments here, you know, being being inclusive is only going to and, and has shown to be the you know, the, the best way towards uh, you know more creativity and and better solutions. And that's just that's the way that things are going to have to go because as we move forward, diversity is just the way that industries are going. Diversity is the way that the world is going because that's just the, the, the demographics are changing and it's just the, the, the fact of the matter, right?
1: I mean, I, I think it's interesting that you guys see the same thing. Conversations I have with other women in, in, in whatever industry they're working in, they're essentially the same or at least very similar in that sometimes with meetings, there are certain clients or, that might treat them differently or acknowledge them differently, or there might be a different attitude towards them. And so it's, it's refreshing to hear that you guys have had similar experiences, maybe not directed towards you, but that you have noticed it directed to uh, a woman, another woman in the room. Or... So women and men have experienced similar things. And while the topic of conversation today is directed towards women, in these situations. You guys have seen it too, because you've seen how contributions are different from men and women, which is a good thing, and attitudes have shifted towards men and women. So going back to the whole awareness, acknowledgement, um, wanting to move forward, I think these are really important steps and it's, it's refreshing to know that we are moving forward in this.
0: Absolutely.
2: No, I, I agree, Aaron, I think, I think it is refreshing and, I, and I'm glad that we're taking time to talk about this with, with you here today. Um, as a teaser maybe for a future episode for our listeners, we, we will have another leader um, within uh, the Hawaii community uh, on the show to talk about her efforts in gathering not just women here in Hawaii, but with women from the mainland to come over to Hawaii to, to learn all about cyber and IT and how they're teaming up with one of the local universities here to, to make that happen. And we'll be excited to talk about, you know, things that people are doing, um, uh, in this area uh, on, on an upcoming episode. So make sure you guys tune in for that.
0: Oh, another question, sorry. Uh, so as you say about the culture in a small company coming from large organizations, especially in say politics in, in DC, did you, did you find the culture shift interesting? The fact that you going from a, a large place to a small place?
1: Definitely, definitely. There's huge differences between the two. Working at a, at a smaller company, you have, I think, more impact. I think your opinions or ideas are easily translated throughout the company, as opposed to going through a bunch of red tape and trying to communicate and get it bubbled up to the right people. And then um, those people are bubbling it up to different people if it gets that far. So there's, there's definitely you have, I think, a bigger voice at a smaller company, which I, which I really like, and. Also, just the way everyone, at least at OccamSec, everyone works really well as a team. It's it's a smart group of people. And it's fun. Everyone has has fun and it's 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 neat to see people constantly being challenged and like being challenged. So I've really enjoyed working here.
2: So if if I'm hearing you correctly, you would say that the experience on the other end, on the bigger side, the the government side was the exact op- not, not the exact opposite, but in a lot of ways, dissimilar to your experience so far at, at OccamSec. Is that is that accurate?
1: Yeah, I think in the way that it's a lot less personal, there's a lot more red tape. I mean, I, I could have stayed where I was and delivering the same thing every day, but this is an interesting challenge. I really like the challenge. I like working with our team. And at the end of the day, we're doing good things. We're protecting people from... Bad actors.
2: So that's a that's a good feeling. Can I ask and follow up to that? So in terms of the team and the things that, that that you guys are doing, what do you see as I guess one of the biggest challenges? And I know this is like an interview question, but what, what do you see as like one of the biggest challenges so far in your role with your team? In, in in order, you know, to to protect your clients, what what has been one of the hardest transitions or changes that you've had to try to usher in or just been a part of, whether that's internally or you know with your clients, what's what's that challenge look like for you?
1: I don't, I don't think that they're much different than probably most project management teams. You're managing the client, you're managing the team, you're managing communications between the two. Issues are always going to come up. Um, which are going to have to be solved in a very timely manner. You know, you want to turn things around very quickly uh, and, de- and de- deliver the best quality of your clients. So I don't know that they're very different than in other firms around project management um, with my team specifically, but I would say, yeah, it's it's, 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 that, it's maintaining that balance. The delivery to the client. I mean, that's everything, right? You want the client to have the best quality in the most efficient manner. Uh, everything You want to deliver everything that they are expecting. You want to go above and beyond that too.
0: Um, to be honest, I think everyone's sick of the words of COVID and so on, but I'm going to bring up a question um, anyway. It's just yeah, in terms of like you know the current times and COVID nineteen and so on, do you see what the operational challenges been to the company?
1: I think the main thing is the way we communicate. Uh, at least for those of us who are used to going into an office a couple of days out of the week, in one sense it's good because we're communicating more either through chat or having these Zoom conference calls. So it makes things easier. We're, we're definitely much more accessible. We know where we all are and that's at home. But it also takes out that face-to-face, you know, that, that feeling you get when you see somebody in person. And I think that's been the biggest impact for the team. Uh, you kind of get used to just chatting with somebody or calling them on the phone and, and you forget that person and, and that relationship that you have in per- in person I think that's really important so I think that's and I'm, and I think that's being felt everywhere too so I think that's that's one of the, the big challenges that's that's happened amongst the team
0: I mean do you think there's like less creativity by people not being in the same room together and being able to talk things and see see physical cues that they would have seen you know normally yeah
1: you know it's interesting I think everyone has reacted to this differently i think some people have just flourished and they're in their own element and this is what works good for them is just to be on their own they're individual workers at best and then they work within a team as well and then there's definitely the flip side to that which you know they they're thought presses that are they by having conversations with people that they their creativity is sparked like you say and then this is this has been a little bit more difficult because that's not there anymore. So I I think everyone is different. I I don't think that this is so negatively impact our team to where there's concern around how are we going to inspire creativity with this? Uh, Like I said, you know, everyone at Occamstack, everyone is just, they they work well individually. They work well within a team. They're all very smart in figuring things out. But it is an interesting time, and everyone's in different situations. Uh, working in your small New York City apartment, like I am right now, and versus you know maybe being somewhere where you can just jump in your car and go for a drive if you need to. So even personally, we're all affected by this differently, and I think that impacts professionally as well, right? So.
0: Absolutely. I think, oh, taxi. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think, I think everyone's affected, um, you know, in different ways by this and, and obviously over time because it's been going on so long.
2: So on the, on the personal side, Aaron, I know this probably speaks to a lot of our listeners out there as well during these, these strange times of 2020, but you know, on a personal side, what, What are the things that that you do for for fun or to get away from from work to help give yourself balance? Because it's difficult, again, being in New York City, I have to imagine because you can't really go places. I mean, maybe you can share some of your different, you know, your hobbies or things that are helping you kind of get through these times in more of a a fun manner and not such a, a working serious matter.
1: Yeah, well, in New York this summer, we were able to meet up in small groups outside, like for restaurants and so forth. And that's been awesome because it's nice to eat outside. It feels a little European and and it's fun. So it's been a really kind of fun summer to see friends outside having dinners. It's been a lot more low key, but that's definitely something that I've done to Get away from work or get my mind off from work it's going to be interesting as the fall is approaching and it's going to be winter again soon and we're not going to want to be eating outside it's it's going to be interesting how how that comes but i just feel that you just take it as it comes and then you adjust so i think i think we'll be i think we'll make it i think we'll all be okay
0: absolutely stay positive well, Aaron, it's been a pleasure having you on. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your insights and, and uh, discussing with us today.
1: Thanks for having me on. This was fun.
0: Any uh, any
2: closing thoughts that you have, Aaron, or anything that you want to share with with our listeners before we let you go?
1: No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I would again. I my advice would be to just you know network, find your mentor, um, act with confidence, and just keep learning, learning, learning. Because I think that's that's the best thing you can do
0: sage advice thank you
2: all right folks thank you for joining us on this episode of burned by the firewall we hope you enjoyed today's guest and the content and we look forward to uh to seeing you guys here again on our next episode here shortly